0: We will come out of this stronger, better informed, and I think that we will see a, truly, we will see a world that we never anticipated.
1: You're listening to The Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and on today's episode, we have a quarantined Michael Baker on the show. Michael, welcome to The Mental Health Download. I didn't have anything else to do, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh for people who haven't listened to the michael baker podcast which came out i don't know about a month ago and is really successful uh tell our audience who you are michael well
0: thank you matt i am uh the chief of emergency medical services for the tulsa fire department and um, i will celebrate my 25th anniversary with the department in june and um just um have had a great career at Tulsa Fire, and fortunately, my my position in the department is, covers all things healthcare, and uh, I have really been able to have an opportunity to do a lot of community work, and um, I have a great staff that allows me to have some opportunity to develop some new programs, and um, that's kind of how we've been working with the Mental Health Association for the last several years, and uh, it's just um, an exciting time of innovation and collaboration and good work.
1: It is. Um, and so just to set the scene here, uh, so Michael is sick. Um, and so we're on a zoom call.
0: you recovered. Well, today is my last day of my 72 hour post illness fever under control situation. So my goal is to return to the city medical position and get, excuse me, there will be, there will be some coughing occasionally. Um, (laughs) <laughs> makes it more dramatic <laughs> it does. Um, so to get cleared to get back to work um, I'm hoping yeah. to do that tomorrow morning so I've been fever free without Tylenol for 72 hours so.
1: okay uh, but up. yes and so uh, Michael can see me on the zoom call but he has blacked out his screen because <laughs> he's not quite ready for yeah. showtime Um it's- so do you, so, uh, so walk us through, like you, you thought you had COVID. You're not, you did a test, correct? like Yes,
0: I, I did. And it, it really, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> you know, I was at work. Um, uh, I'd been away at some, um, uh, education event away from the office and been gone for a couple of weeks and came back and hit the ground running and, um, made it to, um, no, uh, about Friday afternoon. I felt really good throughout the day, and about seven fifteen Friday or seven forty five on a Friday night, I just kind of got chills, and I said that's weird. And I took my temperature, and it was already you know one hundred point nine, and then it cr- rapidly went to one hundred and two. And I said this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so went to the doctor the next morning and got a flu test, and that was negative. Uh, got a Corona test, and um, that was sent off to wait forever. Um, and then I came home and started really, um, I I think, you know, really seven days of febrile illness. And, um, I, I've not been sick like that my entire life. I've had, um, I had every, you know, textbook sign of the virus and, um, but um, some of my other physicians will say, yep, you got it. There's a lot of false negatives out there. Regardless of the test, you probably have it. Um, and other people are like, nah, there's many other viruses so mm-hmm. that are similar to the coronavirus that we're experiencing now. So anyway, needless to say, I'm treating it as if I had it.
1: So. Nice. Just to be safe. Well, well, thank you. And you're washing your hands and all of that. So, well, you you being you being in the emergency heading <laughs> the fire department's uh, yeah. emergency medical services, explain what it's like to to think that you have COVID, and were you do you think you were more calm than you than the general population would be, or just just explain what what, what your thoughts were when you were like, oh, I have COVID. So I've been watching that. the
0: disease for quite a while and uh, just kind of getting some updates and, and keeping up with what was coming, and, you know, what we thought might be happening. And and I knew, you know, frankly, at my age that I was probably at a risk. Um, I've been on some other medicines that are kind of an immune suppressant. So was, fortunately, I've not been on them for a while. So that's good. And I knew that was going to put me at risk. Um, and then just nature of the profession. and just being around the people who are exposed to the people who are exposed. And so I just kind of knew it was really more, my attitude became it was more a matter of when, not if. And so um, I was, I didn't want to be, you know, patient zero out of the fire department. And, um, but um, I knew it was, it was going to be a matter of just any moment of exposure. So, um, you know, (coughs) not a hundred percent, You know, hopefully I had a mild case. I mean, and and I will tell you that if, you know, if I had a mild case, which, you know, I was able to get through just through isolation and some rapid assessment by my physician, Um, these people that are suffering with fuller cases and more severe, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine. So,
1: right. Um, okay. So let's a little bit of, uh, I'm trying this week on the, cause we're doing daily podcasts last week was kind of heavy and we were talking about, you know, just reeling from all the news and everything yeah. this week. I'm trying to have a little bit more fun. So, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> tell, awesome. tell me about what, tell me what isolation, uh, has been like, what What have you been doing to isolate, um, to isolate, but also, uh, take care of your mental health. And I know you're a gardener. Um, so yeah. I know you, you have rescue, uh, is it Shelties? Westies. What kind of dog? Yeah. Westies. Yeah. Uh, so tell me uh just kind of explain what isolation has been like for you.
0: Um, well I I really never appreciated this bedroom and Pullman bath as much as I do. Um you know, if you're gonna buy a house, make sure you get one of those baths. It, it was a joint to a bedroom, maybe between two bedrooms. It really works out well. Um, and I'll tell you <coughs> You know, did a lot of Netflix watching, uh, got through, you know, Tire King and, and all that stuff and, and some things like that in between. And I, you know, normally I do like a minute or two by myself. Uh mm-hmm. I won't lie that I do like a little isolation time to get my head together. Um, but mm-hmm. this is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you that, you know, having my wife here to take care of me was the only way I got through it. Really. Does. Um, and she was able to, you know, she's just, (laughs) she still doesn't really want me out of this room. She's really concerned that I'm still (laughs) contagious, but, um, uh, you know, um, I, I've really been able to kind of, it's amazing what happens when you don't, when you take a major portion of your world out of your mind. And so for me, I didn't have to really worry about work and, uh, knew I couldn't do anything. So I have a great, like I said earlier, I have a huge staff that's of great talent and they're, they've been handling this whole thing for me since. So, uh, and before. And so my point is, is that when you pull that off your brain and your body, even if you're sick, you, you let yourself be a little more creative. And, you know, I, i had often thought that I had kind of skipped some thoughts and forgotten things and, you know, but I think what I found was I was just cramming other stuff on top of it. And um, I really wasn't thinking. And so it has been a um, it has been a a, a, especially as I've gotten better. I've had more time to think and really go through my brain and process some things and and um, just really gotten a new perspective on kind of I think I'm going to come out of here a lot different than I was. Uh, Wow. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's there i'm really have been frankly matt i've been looking for the silver lining and so i knew that if i was gonna get it let's get it and let's and then let's get through it and take the one day at a time and i did that and so i mean i've been in this room for 10 days matt (laughs) you haven't left the room i haven't left the room in 10 days and so oh my um,
1: gosh (laughs) It sounds horrible, but it's... You could uh, have gone to the moon, like, three times. It takes, like, three days to get to the moon, yeah, right? So... Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> You're like uh, an astronaut.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I feel... Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, But it's been interesting to... To sit there and have those time a little bit of time in between to reflect on kind of things and your priorities. And this has been a good opportunity for that. And sometimes it makes, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I go lock myself in a cabin on the weekend. And, you know, I have a, you know, kind of a cathartic opportunity and I come out better and I'm thinking, well, maybe they got something in that. And so, um, it's been interesting, but I, I really have just kind of relaxed and I knew that I couldn't fight I need to heal myself and heal my body and my mind and move forward. So that's what I've done. Wow.
1: So, so, uh, the transformation. So, uh, what is, you know, give me an example of like post virus, Michael Baker, what is going to be different when you step out of that room?
0: Well, um, first off, um, I, you know, we have taken significant you know measures at the fire department to limit staff interaction. A lot of folks are working from home, even in the command staff and administration. Um, no one's there always same time. Um, and then, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> um. So frankly, for me, it's going to be a little bit of a little bit of touch in work when required, and a whole lot of homework. So I'll go tomorrow, get cleared for the city from the city physician to get back to work, and then um, go do the thing that a lot of folks did several weeks ago and pick up my computer and all kinds of stuff and come back and set up my home office in the same room that I was captive in. Um, but, um, you know, it, it'll be uh, for me, I think, uh, you know, kind of a, so I, a couple things, Matt, I mean, you know, I don't, some people do, or may not know, but I have a, I have a degree in homeland security. So my master's in security studies and, so this pandemic and the response is really right at my kind of in my master's wheelhouse and what we've done, in my education programs and what I've looked at and I've worked at, you know, really for several years. And so um, I'm kind of looking down the road and I think that's really what I'm going to be focused on. I've got people looking at day, what happens every day and I'm going to try to look at what's next. If this, you know, if the if the peak continues to go up, what happens, you know, where do we fit in a collapsed health care system or where do we fit in community recovery? Um, and so, um, you know, you know that's, that's kind of where some of the stuff's going to work. We've got, um, you know, different things that have to be kind of, this is all new for us, just like everybody. I mean, this is not something that, you know, we pull out of a playbook and say, Oh yeah, we got this. Um, mm-hmm. and so fortunately we had done some good planning and uh front and had some good inventory management. And, um, so, we're weathering the PPE issue pretty well, and um, but I tell you, the things that you learn out of this already, um, communications is is always going to be. You can't. You, this is such a dynamic situation, and I feel it for a business. I feel it for public safety and, and first responders and healthcare, and I feel it for just families. Um, what you hear right now is going to change by the end of the day. And what you think you set your pace on for today is going to change by tomorrow. And so um, how do you plan for that? And how do you have some order in your life when something is going to change? Well, you know, mixed messages and, you know, often leads to distrust. And that's that's what we have to avoid is, you know, helping folks understand information, even within our own department and, you know, helping make sure that they're making the right choices, keeping them safe. Um, and then yet, helping them keep their family safe, yeah, so <sighs> a lot of stuff going on, yeah, um so did
1: you say,
0: did you, say you were gonna this was gonna be light <laughs> uh-
1: <laughs> we don't do light with Michael Baker, you know it's like <laughs> you know the, the one thing, the one thing I, I was thinking, I, uh, yeah,
0: the one thing I was thinking about in um. My kind of thinking about our conversation today was yeah. that I sat here on this podcast, or on a podcast, this podcast, yeah. about a month ago, and yeah. talked about resiliency and community right. and how important it was to meet people where they're at and have social cohesion and interaction and <laughs> bringing people together. And now I've got physical distancing, and I need to try to bring people together to heal a community now
1: yeah.
0: that is how this world changes in uh, 30 days
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> so um talk about um how your how your staff are doing you know um how are they taking care of their own self-care um mental health while you know responding to this pandemic
0: um you know internally within my office um you know we're trying to keep people rotated you know life goes on i mean I'm, folks were buying houses and, um, you know, still trying to get the things of life done. Um, you know, we've got people who have, um, Oh, family cabins and things like that. And they were quick to get to those places over the weekends and when they could get off and get away. Um, I think the harder part is, you know, trying to, uh, you know, that's just within my staff and it's, it's just trying to, it's it's trying to balance this message of being prepared, um, following rules, and yet not panicking. And mm-hmm. so uh, that really, those things when they come together in an intersection, it's often confusing. And so um, we have a great, you know, firefighter support network, we have peer support that's available. Um, you know, we have, um, the stations are so much of a family and so much of a shift family that, you know, they begin to look after each other. And so, um, <coughs> you know, if we are kind of, we begin kind of to be inherent, uh, we take care of ourselves and watch after each other. And so, um, there's probably so much going on out there that I don't even know about that is happening to try to help and make sure guys are getting through. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, uh, any number of, uh, you know, we've had to, uh, I mean, working out is one of the things that firefighters do a lot. And well, we've kind of had to, you know, there's no gyms open, right? So how do you do that? And, and things like that. So they're having to adapt their lives. And then you look and you say, well, what's the threat? And so, you know, we're, we're threat based people. I mean, we look at a target of a fire and we go at it, right? We look at somebody that's sick and we try to you know, cure their problems or stop their bleeding. And so those are action-related items. And so what happens is when that's not clear, um, that's when you start getting into this kind of internal battle of, well, how much seriousness do I need to do? Is this really a thing? I don't see a threat. It's hard to see the threat. Uh, Or, you know, this is a FDNY thing, or this is a New York City thing, or this is a California and Washington State thing. It ain't here, you know, and so how do you prepare people for what could potentially come, try to get them ahead of that. And yet there's no target. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, that's something that's really a challenge. And um, so you have to just keep people informed and let them make their own decisions and hope that when that target does appear, you know, they're ready to get at it. So,
1: yeah. Um, No, that's, that's really helpful. Um, So. I think that a lot of us sitting at home, you know, we're reading the news, we're trying not to read the news too much (laughs) because it'll freak us out. Um, But I, I do think that people feel a little powerless of like being able to help others or make a difference. That's something you talked about on that podcast we recorded 30 days ago. You said, you know, smile at your neighbor, you know, reach out, do what you can, you know, and you were talking about those physical interactions in person. So, you know, what recommendations would you, what call to action would you give people to make a difference, you know, from, you know, like me sitting in my little bedroom uh, on a Zoom call with one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met? Um, <laughs> uh, what, you know, give me a call to action, Michael. Well, I think
0: the number one thing I would say is that, um, you know, one of the things I learned back in the 2007, seven seven yeah, ice storm.
1: Mm-hmm
0: was that there's a lot of people that are out there <clears throat> just kind of self isolating and probably doing pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little lady living somewhere in her house and she doesn't really need many people. And you know, she's got a pantry full of canned goods and, you know, she got, you know, her pets and, you know, she, you know, doesn't really, um, require a lot of support from the outside. So she she's pretty sustainable. Right. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that, you know, it's a good time to go by and at least leave a note on the door, knock and, you know, you know, keep your six foot distance and at least check on people that you're, you're concerned about, you know, it, one person going over and, you know, maybe just making sure they're, they are okay. Um, Just because you think they are, doesn't mean they are. And it's always good to, if you can, you know, maybe one neighbor over on each side, just go out. Um, and I'll tell you that what really concerns me is we've moved a lot of people indoors. And, <clears throat> you know, surprisingly, there's a lot of safety threats within the home. Um, you know, so what, you know, people may have fallen, uh, people <clears throat> that are, you know, uh, unable to manage a smoke detector or something like that. And those are all things that you know, if we don't know about, you know, we can't help them with. And so, um, it's, it's just, it's just important to reach out to folks and and just kind of check on their well being on a regular and recurring basis. Um, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, um, you know, sticky note on the door just to let, you know, Hey, here's our phone number in case you need something, you know, just knowing that someone is looking out, uh, will, you know, lift your spirits and help you get through, you know, confusing and trying and challenging times.
1: Yeah.
0: And I still think that's the number one thing is just kind of, you can still reach out, just do it safely.
1: You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, people who have, I, I don't know what the right terminology is, uh, super utilizers. What do we, what is the more compassionate way to say super utilizer?
0: Well, you know, um, high, you know, there's, there's a, there's a population that, that is a high care, high knee or high knee, high care patient, you know, that has a lot of, uh, existing pre-existing healthcare conditions that are heavily reliant on the healthcare system. And yes. so some of them would fall into what we would consider super users um, of the system. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of folks are just high users. They're, they're just have a hard time managing their healthcare outside of the hospital or the clinic situation. Um, yeah. it, you know, and that's in a very important group to discuss because, mm-hmm. you know, if we're looking at the conversation about what, if we're watching what's happening in New York city at the healthcare system, if if you know, how do you get somebody who is sick into, you know, that doesn't have the the virus and is needing to just get to the hospital um, for, because they can't manage their medication correctly because they haven't been able to get to the pharmacy. Um, this is even more trying times for some of those folks. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, the CARES program <coughs> at the fire department has, you know, traditionally been, you know, face-to-face and we're not face-to-face right now. Um, <clears throat> doesn't mean we stop, you know, reaching out to these folks. We've made a lot of phone calls. We're doing phone bank, um, where we've delivered, uh, food boxes of emergency food to some of those folks. Um, and so we're trying to still really stay on looking at that population that needs us the most when we're not experiencing a pandemic.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, um, I appreciate you guys looking after our most vulnerable citizens. Um, it's really extraordinary. Um, I did, um, I was, um, I got a text message from a reporter, a TV reporter this morning, and she she said uh, she sent me the picture. It was from a bail bondsman downtown and it was a photo of lots of people experiencing homelessness uh, around the Tulsa day center and iron gate. And uh, I think it was probably taken when they were serving their to go breakfast to everybody. So there was a pretty good crowd there. Um, but if you didn't know what was going on, you would think, Oh my gosh, uh, there's just throngs of people here. What is being done? Uh, so, you know, when we talk about super utilizers, mostly a lot of times th- those people have some place to live. Um, but, you know, the people I'm talking about, people experiencing homelessness, is a whole other situation. Um, and I think a lot of people, it's on their heart of, oh my gosh, if all this is happening, what what is going on with people experiencing homelessness? So I know you've been isolated, but, you know, just kind of explain how you know, the first responders are reaching out to people experiencing homelessness and anything you can tell us.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, what's interesting is we've really, and it sounds very, it is very not in our normal response world is that we're, we're trying to limit our exposure. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we're not making, uh, we've, um, collectively between the city of Tulsa and Oklahoma city and city of Edmond, and uh, our, our EMS medical director and the fire chiefs from those cities have come together and we had to we had to make a pretty hard um, or they made a pretty hard decision that we will not enter these, you know, f- a lot of different kind of facilities. So, right. Nursing homes, um, you know, the shelters, things like that, that are that just present well well, it's not that we're not going it's just we're asking folks to bring a patient to us at the door Mm -hmm. versus us entering that exposure and because the opposite occurs we could be bringing something into that place you know there may be people you know there's you know we could be introducing illness into them so point being is that you know if we saw what happened (coughs) you know at the nursing home in washington state you know, we had to really restrict. So that's, that's a big challenge. And so mm-hmm.
1: we've,
0: we've not, um, we've had to adapt our response to those places in the, in the day center salvation army and have become, you know, those places as well. So, um, you know, it, it is a little different. Um, <coughs> we're also relying, you know, a lot on, um, you know, outreach to help us kind of identify that those teams in the outreach are, you know, are working, you know, the best they can right now to try to identify folks that need help. Um, you know, I've been a little bit a part of conversations about some things about trying to find kind of next level care for folks and, and, and what do we do? Um, and that's been, it, it's been one of my concerns from early on because that's a population that is, you know, <coughs> um, if we, if we don't treat them, I mean, it just continues to spread rapidly. And, and I cannot, um, you know, m- my um, compassion side says I can't imagine. I, I, Matt, I was so blessed. I'm not going to mm-hmm. complain about being in this room for 10 days um, sure. because I can imagine there's somebody out there that may have been just as sick as I was mm-hmm. that didn't have Tylenol. Um, didn't have somebody bring in water and Gatorade when they needed it. Um, didn't have, um, you know, a comfortable mattress to lie on. And that's what bothered me. Um, that's the situation that someone suffering, even at the mild level that I did without all those comforts. And I can't even imagine it. And I know that people live like that every day in this, in this world, but, uh, and in this nation, especially. And so, um, we've just got to you know, as a community, find a way to uh, really help those individuals. And there are a lot of folks working on it and um, just to get them identified a place of comfort. um, And I'm sure, you know, I bet they got some pretty healthy immune systems, you know, and Mm -hmm. so, um, but they're still vulnerable, still, still vulnerable. And I would hate to think that we've missed somebody Mm -hmm. and um, that had an opportunity to heal. And um, that, that's the kind of things that they would, they give me pause and have me kind of passionate about, you know, why things don't move fast enough. <laughs> so.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, okay. So you're going to, you know, tomorrow, you're going to walk out of there after 10 days in quarantine. Um, and you said you're going to be transformed, you know, eventually the, uh, America and our globe is going to walk out of our, <laughs> our room after this virus. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, talk about silver linings what what do you hope how do you hope the world will be transformed you know um in man. a good way in a good way
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm impressed that we've behaved ourselves pretty well so far um mm-hmm. everybody's been um for the most part very compliant um which is interesting. Um, <clears throat> when our towns that have issued orders and uh, to stay in place, then we're staying in place.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, w- yeah, what worries me is how, how long can we endure this? You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's all fun for a little while. And then all of a sudden it becomes like, man, how long is this going on? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think, I think that we, I think that I haven't seen what's going to be next. Um, I know that's weird, but yeah, I think, uh, let me just put it this, let me, let me talk True. this out and then you can edit. As you can but <laughs> I think we are still in the world of today. Right. We're still kind of siloed. We're still kind of, this is mine. Um, you not doing what you need to be doing. I can't get this agency to help this, the, you know, Darn state, darn fed, darn city, whoever. Um, we're still in that boat. There will be a point, and I don't know if it's going to be at the arc of the curve. I don't know if it's going to be before that. That we will, um, and it may be at the bottom when we come back and we turn around and we look and we say, "Holy, ma- look what we came through!" Um, that's the moment um, that we're going to start seeing the change um, that's out there, but. I think, you know, what, what's amazing, I think what we're looking at is what's important right now. And so it's amazing. Little things like, and I'm just going to use HIPAA as an example, um, you know, little things like that um, that are massive during non-pandemic events can all of a sudden, certain things can be lifted. Certain restrictions can be changed. Um, the what's going to be interesting is, did we have any problems when we got out of this? Nope, mm-hmm. nothing was violated. No one shared any inappropriate information. You know, privacy was protected. Oh man. Um, you know, well, we've always done it this way. Well, we didn't do it that way for the last few months. So maybe it's time we think about how we did it. Um, I, you know, so it's interesting to me how I think we're going to come together with a lot of things and lessons that we did. Um, and they're going to come together as silver linings. Um, and I think sometimes it might be a little bit of a simplification might help us. Um, we've gotten so complex that it's, it's hard for us to maneuver quickly and hard for us to see the gray rhino running right at us and, um, and, or listen to the right folks. And I think maybe, um, this will change some of that. And so, um, you know, maybe we'll take housing and evictions, you know, you know changes and things like that so i'm hoping for those things
1: well yeah. uh,
0: there will be uh, but i think you know what what and that's what really that's kind of the other thing that that has me <clears throat> kind of on the my planning head on is man i don't know what's going to happen yeah that and so when you're when you're trying to get through this day-to-day and you're trying to go well this will be over by you know april 50 or, you know oh wait now it's april 30th well you can't mm-hmm. put a deadline on it. Um, we don't know. This is this is unprecedented. Once in a life, you know, literally hundred years or more, uh, <clears throat> and we have not been down this road. And so, um, you know, what? How can you put a finger on the end? And so, if you know, as we come through it, um, I I'm thinking, golly, the changes are going to be incredible. Um, the, just if you read about things that are happening already. I mean, the military, I mean, the army has set up like not, I'm not talking army reserve or national guard. The army has set up hospitals in New York city. That is a, you know, their activity on our soil during, you know, peacetime is unheard of. Um, So, uh, I mean, we're also, the other thing is those people, those healthcare providers, um, that is a little concerning of mine as well uh, the trauma, the stress, the, uh, I'm concerned that we're going to lose some folks in the profession and, uh, some people that have, that were stressed or under experiencing PTSD to start or, um, you know, they're, they will come out of this, not the same. And, um, you know, this may be their war and, um, you know, we have to, we have to prepare for that. We have to be ready with counseling and, you know, when we can hug people, hug them and be ready to be there to support them Um, because, uh, you know, you're going to lose folks not, not physically lose them, but they're going to hang up their, their scrubs and go. Um, And so I'm just, it's, I think that there's going to be a, I think we're going to see a radical change in my profession. If it, you know, across the board, I think there's interesting things that have come about in my profession at the street level. Um, and I think, you know, if we if we get to a point where I, you know, we have to have paramedics in hospitals um, and they can't work the street anymore. We have, they're more valuable in a clinic in the hospital. Um, you know, how are we going to You know, our whole industry could change. So. Yeah, a lot of things coming.
1: Yeah. OK, let's Uh. man. Here comes. Uh, so let's wrap up with a really happy question. <laughs> Yay! <No way. sighs> okay. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I've always uh, okay. So ten days is up tomorrow. You walk out of your house. Yeah. yeah like, there's, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, there's a lot of things you can't still do. Um, But like, what, you know, what are you craving? Like what fast food, like drive through or take out from a local business to support local business? Or what little thing are you excited about going into the world and getting to enjoy that you haven't gotten to enjoy for the past 10 days?
0: Um, There's really two things. Okay. Uh, well, my wife still thinks I'm contagious. So you know, just a hug and a kiss was wonderful. But I don't know about that tomorrow. Um, I think the number one thing is my dogs, I've got to have some dog time. Uh, uh, just have a moment of pet. And they, you know, occasionally they'll see me at the doorway when I peek my head out. And it's like, who are you? Where have you been? Um, so I need some dog time. And then, you know, I would say the it's this is it's gonna be i i i told myself i was gonna give up coffee man i I know that (laughs) and so all of a sudden now i've been well 10 days without coffee um so to get i'm almost halfway there right Mm -hmm. so but i'm missing me some quick trip coffee (laughs) (laughs) wow
1: okay All right. What 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 kind? Of, what QT? They have lots of flavors there. No so which man. I'm <laughs> the worst. I am a Quick
0: Trip original guy.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Um. All right. So let's close this thing out. Um. As okay. we do, you give a you share a bit of wisdom and then say go do good things. So take it away, Michael.
0: This will be um one thing that we will walk through day by day. Um. You know, Winston Churchill said. Uh, when you're going through hell, keep going. And uh, I think that um, one step at a time, one day at a time, you can do this, and we will come out of this stronger, better informed, and I think that we will see a, truly, we will see a world that we never anticipated. And um, both good and possibly bad, but um, the best thing we can do uh, when it all is said and done, or and before, is to go out and do good things.